Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode uh, 780. Feels like that should have some sort of numerical significance, but I cannot for the life of me think of one. I'm sure somebody will. Uh, maybe some obscure lexicon studio reverb that was after the 480, uh, several on or something like that, but I don't think so. Uh, welcome, yeah. Sonic Talk, episode 780 here today on the 22nd of the 11th as we head into, uh, well, Black Friday. We're in the thick of it, isn't it? It's Friday, I believe. If I'm right, I'm, I'm assuming it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, but I could be wrong. I actually don't know because I've never been involved in Thanksgiving. But if it is, have a happy Thanksgiving if that's what you celebrate. Um, thanks to everybody also in the chat. We've got... Uh, Wagyu doing his thing. Thank you very much, Wagyu, for uh, moderating and uh, running some of the back-end stuff. Very much appreciated. Nice to see some familiar faces. Uh, we've got Future Phoenix, Technomatic, Paul LeBlanc, Homegrown, Tracker Jack, Grace Griffin, Inky DeCat. Lots of uh, familiar faces. Nice to see you. Always good to see you. And now I'm going to uh, encourage you to join us on Patreon. Hey, why not consider joining us on Patreon? We've posted a whole bunch of new stuff there. You could join us at just three bucks a month, which gives you just a warm feeling inside. But actually, you also get the Sonic Talk pre-show and all our stuff ad-free that's posted to YouTube, monetized. Uh, but if you want to join us at the higher level, not only will your name appear in credits at the end of the whole show every week while you're a subscriber, but we've got stuff like uh, there's 360 videos from uh, the recent Emon. We actually managed to get them working. There's also exclusive videos there. Uh, we've got the Tiger... Um Ah, uh, let me see. It's that uh, free samples. Yeah, I recorded a few uh, in MPC Beats format. And there's a whole load of other free stuff as well. So if you want to get involved, uh, very much appreciated. Head over to Sonic State's Patreon channel and uh, we'll see you there. Uh, don't forget there's also the Discord. And if you already support us, very much appreciated if you're considering it. Please do. Back to the show. Familiar faces. Back to the show indeed. And although ads aren't hard to come by when it comes to Black Friday because everybody goes crazy for it and it's, uh, it's we'll perhaps talk about this. I, I bought something. I wonder if you can tell what it is from the notes. No, no, uh, no uh, guessing from, uh, from the panel because I've told them. I might have told the streamers as well, so that's probably a bit pointless. But if it's just the YouTube version that you haven't seen, you won't know what it is. So I'll reveal that a little bit later. That's what we call a tease, I believe, in the trade, I'm told. Anyway, let's get on to introducing some guests because uh, that'll save me from this endless prattle. So uh, we'll say hello to Mr. R Look, it's Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton's home. He's been on traveling. I tell you what, I've seen Sheik on posters everywhere for gigs coming up. And also, I know you've been playing a lot of gigs as well. So you've been on the road for quite some time, haven't you, Rich? That's true. I've been on the road for quite some time. Happy to be home right now, though. I'll bet, yeah. yeah. All that washing stacking up. Do you do you just do you, do you, do you just burn it, or do you kind of uh, buy new stuff each time, or do you you kind of like you know you bring it all home and and dump it all in one lot one go? This is probably a bit too personal a question. I realise. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the length of time we're out, you have to find ways along the way to get it done. And uh, quite often, it's uh, laundromats will have a wash and fold service where you can ah. drop it off and pick it up or drop it off and they'll deliver it to you sometimes. And uh, that's usually the way for us when we're out longer than, you know, X, whatever X is, you can only bring like 10 days to two weeks worth of stuff at most. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah. anyway, so uh, if you're going to yeah. be out longer than that, you're going to be making arrangements along the way. The most expensive of which is usually having the hotel do it. And oh, uh, I never had one humorous story of a hotel in Paris, France, um, dry cleaning my underwear. 
which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I hate to think what made them thought they needed to, but, you know, I mean, I guess apart from the expense, but there you go. I, no, I, I was asking for watch and fold, but that's just not an item you expect to have dry clean. No. I don't know. Maybe you're low. low. I, Maybe you're like I've <laughs> I've been guilty. I've been. To, I remember we were on tour doing a, a tour, and um, it was the the one and only time that a stylist was involved in my professional life, because we were going to do a tour of kind of PAs when I back in the '90s sometimes, and I had this beautiful. Um, uh, hood, not hoodie, but like a, a, a zip up top that made my Agnes B, which is really kind of quite a posh label. And I got it washed in a, uh, a hotel in Copenhagen because I'd be washing it. I'd be wearing it so much because I liked it so much. And it came back and it was literally about this big and it was completely ruined. And I was absolutely go I mean, oh. it meant I could fit more stuff in my case because it was so tiny but i was just i was gutted it was such a shame it didn't fit me anymore anyway that's enough of uh, of uh, um well laundry stories uh, this is actually a music technology podcast isn't it <laughs> isn't it robin is it robin 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 uh vincent there who, uh, music tech oh he's removed the yeah. scarf i hope you're not getting too chilly there because i know you're out in the back garden and it's the weather's dropped a bit hasn't it it has yeah i do have a jumper on uh this time around but yes i've I just embarrassed myself, and so I got uh, got rid of the scarf. So I've warmed up, which is, which is uh, okay. Nice. <laughs> the metabolism is making making do, right? So Robin, yeah. of course, is a music technology uh, writer and a podcaster. Anything exciting going on in your uh, on your review table? My review table, yeah. Uh, I've got oh, this fella here actually. Oh, nice. The Erica synth, which is. What an extraordinary piece of hardware. I had no idea it was going to be quite so chunky, which is which is lovely. Considering it's heading for education, it's going to need to be. I mean, I imagine, you know, 11-year-old boys jamming pens into all the holes and that kind of thing. It's, it's not necessarily going to survive that. But for people who aren't willing to or wanting to destroy it, I think that's going to work pretty well. So that's exciting. I'm really excited by that. Excellent. That sounds good. Yeah, I I'm must leave it alone for the work. moment. I need to focus on something else. <laughs> I'm wondering what we've actually got. Yeah, we've got. Uh, actually, I meant to say that coming up, we've got. Uh, what do we got? Uh, oh yeah, we had uh, George Hearn from Udo came in last week, and we did a big old chat and have a look at the Super Gemini. Honestly, every time, it's massive. I because I've seen it in places, but I've never seen it in mm. my space where I can sort of fully realise and appreciate just how big the thing is in terms. It's, it's massive great synth and it sounds fantastic as in george's hands obviously so we had a, we've got that coming up next week we also had uh, i was trying to give you the uh the, the clue okay so this is from uh, latvia but it's not erica synths uh it is in fact uh from game change audio they came and uh showed us the motor synth mark ii because that's back in production i know there was a bit of a pause there and they wanted just to let everybody know honestly i i've only ever heard it be sort of angry and loud and aggressive but man, it can it sound nice. It's got some really unusual, unusual sonic qualities. Really good. Um, and what else have we got? A UVI competition coming up too. Yeah, which we'll uh, we'll have uh, probably probably post that at the end of the week. And also we have uh, Paulie Bow from Magical Synth Adventure. Sorry, I haven't got the Magical Synth Adventure button to press, but uh, you are magically so synth adventuring, no that. doubt. No, not at all. <laughs> of course. How are you? Of course, I'm not bad, thank you. Um... Yeah, I've um, obviously did my released my autism video last week. Yeah, um, and I just wanted to say thanks to everyone because there's been such a huge response to it. 
I I didn't know how big it was going to be, but there's there's obviously all the comments on YouTube, but um, in addition, yeah, you got a great piece on CDM, uh, create digital music as well, didn't you? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a load of um, uh, private messages and emails. <laughs> Um, of people saying different things resonated with them, so that's good. And one's from a, a guy who runs a, a neurodiverse record label, so I'm going to see if I can work with, with that, that label at some point and maybe put on an event for neurodiverse. It doesn't have to just be autism. It could be, you know, dyslexia or ADHD. Artists, and, um, and I think that would be a very worthwhile thing with maybe money going to to charity or something like that that sounds like so, a great idea cool. in in other news i'm i've got the what crap has poorly bought this week segment <laughs> <laughs> what weird crap has poorly bought this week so we've got two things one i've just put an article up um on the sonic state website about and it's this little fella that was supposed to make a uh, fair light Quake in their boots. Oh, so that's the ZX Ram music, music maker. machine. Wow. Yeah, ZX Spectrum. Three MIDI ports. I mean, you know, this is a budget item, but it's got three DIN MIDI ports. You'd think that manufacturers would be able to still put them in. And um, it samples at about 19 kilohertz and has some primitive echo, and you can MIDI sequence with it. So I think. I might do a video where I try and recreate famous Fairlight songs <laughs> with it oh. to see how far I get and how it's, a, you know, like Shout by Tears for Fears or Shock yeah. the Monkey or something like that. And That's the other an thing I've idea. got, which is, I've said this before, but Robin is to blame for me getting back into the Euro rack scene because oh, he did a great ve vector synth um rick vector wave demo and i was like this is amazing i must have it and then i was like oh now i'm gonna have to get back into the game so i've bought this other module because it was second hand on ebay and i'm looking for it it's the neutron neutron sound dust of time oh wow module and okay. essentially what it is, it, it's a bit like disting, you know, disting from Expert Sleep. Yeah. That it does a lot. But it's got, a biggest, it's, got, uh, it's got a bigger screen on it, even bigger than the disting EX. And essentially it's a stereo oscillator. It's got all the braid stuff. It's got wavetable, loads of different oscillator types. And it's got, two, it's got loads of envelopes and LFOs in it as well. And a couple oh, of nice. um, external things. So... I think I'm going to get a disting as well because that's got some cool algorithms. But essentially, that's that could be a whole modular if you're okay with the tiny bit of menu diving. Just you know, yeah. patch it into itself. Essentially, it's got everything you need. So that's uh, that's the random stuff. That's I've a pretty that's up. a pretty good week. I, yeah, like I say, well, I just got. I, I will now reveal. I bought the Reface uh, CP because I've been after it for a little while, and uh, there was a deal at uh, PMT Music, so I managed to get it at a decent price. And I've been after it for ages, so I think it's just a. It's not the right. I, yeah, I like the CP uh, the CP eighty or the CP seventy sound. That's the one I really like. I think that's just. Okay. You just can't get that anywhere else. Very nice. Well, you can, but 
I think it's just yeah, and I've obviously got a slow, but yeah, so that's my thing. Um, so well, there's there was a late comer to the news, uh, which is kind of um, let's see if I can get to it because it's quite it's quite hard to find here. Let me see if I could do that. Let, let's let's go with that first because that's breaking and that'll uh, that'll mean that we can uh, we can put a current headline in the title. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if I do this one, I think it's uh, what video is it? It's video five, isn't it? Let's connect it. I love that guy. Let's turn it on. Let's sample. Is this the Teenage Engineering uh, PO2? Hello, this is Cuckoo. <laughs> this is the new EP133 Knockout 2. Hello, this is Cuckoo. This is the new EP133. I'm loving the look of that. i tell you what that reminds me of. It reminds me of the Commodore um, printer slash calculator that you might have had in about 19 late 1970s early 80s uh this yeah. is the new teenage engineering thing and the thing that's probably the most shocking about this i mean i don't know much about it because i uh, literally it came in while i was prepping for the show is that it's only 299 dollars which for a thing that big from teenage engineering seems incredibly cheap i know it's not because ultimately it's only a six voice or, or 12 voice a mono sample playback and sequence thing but it seems actually, for once, they might have a, a, a kind of a, an affordable thing on their hands. I mean, two nine nine for anything teenage engineering. That I mean, they literally there's nothing, is there? As kind of the pocket operators are about ninety nine bucks, and then a two grand table. <laughs> there's, there's sort of nothing in between, is there? So I know, Robin. I I I've perused your news item for this on Gear News. I don't know if you yeah. wrote it or not, but uh, uh, you probably know more about it than perhaps the rest of us. But it does look actually like a thing of um, quite. I, I wouldn't mind having one of those. I, I can't explain yeah. why. I just think it looks lovely, and it sort of seems like wow. I could actually even afford it. Maybe. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I was actually working on this just before it it came out, if that makes sense. I was working on the news article. All I had was a photo and a list of specs. And like, I'm trying to write something interesting about it going, oh, I don't know. So I had no idea that it was like this size. I expected it to be the same as a pocket operator. I thought it was, you know, that sort of size. So that was what I based my writing on. But it, you know, within a few minutes, I was able to correct some of the uh, some of those feelings your, your but, prejudices but yeah. and assumptions yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely but it looks like i mean because it it must be presumably based a little bit on the original pocket operator ko one assumes which was yeah. a little micro sampler with the the keypad that you'd tap on and it would go ooh, ah, yeah, that kind of thing so this is like <laughs> i don't know having a complete planet size upgrade onto something like that uh i mean it feeds in all of those all of those weird vibes you get with teenage engineering where it feels like this is sort of slightly over engineered but beautiful and it's wafer thin and it feels like oh it's going to look like one of those that little mixer they did or the recorder which therefore is going to translate to say oh i don't know 1500 quid and so, as you say, two nine nine. I think two nine nine pounds rather than dollars. I think it's three four nine. I think both. I think oh, in okay, euros right. um, is extraordinary. I mean, usually they'd, they'd make a pencil and charge you five hundred pounds for it. So this just seems remarkable. <laughs> so is it is it somehow hampered or broken in some way, or is it just because 
they can they can do it and that's a great thing maybe this is a new because i mean it says it's an ep series on the back so maybe this is a series of vastly upgraded pocket Mm. operators that perhaps offer more than just a you know a 10 minute bus ride of fun you know and that's got to be great (laughs) i mean i'm feeling like i want one and that's an unusual feeling for me uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just got to. St- I just need to pause everything, and uh, so I can write sh- ten minute bu- a bus ride of fun. That is definitely a ten yeah. minute bus ride. <laughs> bus ride. That that's a very early contender, uh, Robin. I'm much. Yeah. You know, well done, mate. You must be a writer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. but I agree. It I mean, great. It's, it's, it's it looks it does it looks great. I, I wonder if actually if you crack it open, there's actually just a sort of pocket operator inside with a kind. <laughs> Of, although the screen, uh, there's a big screen with a lot of stuff mm. on it, and that that was something that looked pretty good. I don't know. This is sort of quite exciting. I know, Rich. I, I'd imagine, like me, you uh, were probably uh, uh, not all that enamoured by the original pocket operators. I just thought it's too fiddly. I can't be bothered with it. It's like it looks like somebody reprogrammed a calculator, and 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 the UI is therefore completely um uh, sort of inappropriate for the purpose whereas this looks a bit more uh, like a desirable thing it looks like something you just put on your wall you don't have to use it it just looks looks just a, <laughs> a nice thing i i must have missed the notice about the garage sale at texas instruments <laughs> yeah, <Is that> right? <laughs> it looks to me like they just had a bunch of extra chassis laying around and they cranked them out the door and these guys repurposed them for this um I, I don't have an opinion about the original pocket operator, except that I find these guys' stuff consistently interesting. Um, yeah. And none of it has uh, been interesting enough for me to reach for my wallet, but it, it does look all very interesting to me, especially the table, but that's another discussion. Um, yeah. This don't thing looks it. like it looks like fun. I, th- I thought the whole demo was hilarious, actually, from the look of the guy to him, like standing there like this, twisting the knob, like, you know, or twisting the, the slider to make the pitch change of his recorded sample. I mean, it was and the glee on his face. It was all fun to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure. Three hundred bucks. Have Merry Christmas. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, well, Cuckoo, of course, bit of a legend. Uh, he, he's not actually part. I mean, he is Swedish, so I suppose that does mean that uh, he can uh, he, he gets a direct line to Scandinavian music technology releases, <laughs> or maybe he just lives around the corner from them. But he's done a few uh, teenage engineering things. This looks like it would fit. Re- it would go very nicely uh, alongside your uh, Amiga. Um, it would just yeah. stylistically and be a thing, wouldn't it? And stuff. I've I've I got this news and. I put my futuristic top on, you know, to look like an an employee of a futuristic conglomerate that would churn out one of these machines. So um, right. <laughs> essentially, I'm all over this aesthetically. Um, yeah. I'm part of a, a Facebook group called Cassette Futurism. And essentially what Cassette Futurism is, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you have these different... Um, almost genres of design like steampunk or um, different aesthetics. Well, cassette futurism is basically a future that never quite happened. If we'd continued, say, the tech from the Star Wars movies, they're very cassette futuristic. Or kind of, yeah, Radio Shack, Tandy, Texas Instruments kind of style. And made that nowadays, that is what cassette futurism would be. 
So I popped this, this on there because, <laughs> well, yeah, and they're style gurus. So if I want to know if anything's legit, I put it on that um, that Facebook group, and I got three responses. One was um, 80s, 80s gasm, smiley face, love face. So that's obviously positive. One was a question which just said one mil. So assuming them them questioning that it might be one million dollars and yeah, the third well, one understandable. the third one the third one was i would like teenage engineering to engineer my life so well the, uh, i think those i think the they're quotes. close so i, I think mean they're close they do they do just some ikea stuff so you've almost you've got the kind yes. of it's the lifestyle kind of uh, technology crosser I, I i mean i wish the well because it, it's sort of been a long time coming isn't it something that everybody can could sort of go well i could afford that i th i think they will sell absolute bucket loads of this because people aspire to want yes. teenage engineering stuff i mean we all i'd love to get one of those mixes i'd love to have an op1 field but there's no way i'm spending that much money i mean i just don't have that sort of disposable cash or that greater need whereas this is sort of like oh actually i mean even though it's yeah. the sort of thing i probably don't wouldn't ever use i just i, I it would look great on the shelf behind, behind my set sure <laughs> i'm not that's not a good enough reason i realize but i wish them all well with it i mean i think it's a great I, and I think they will do well, um, you know, assuming it's durable Definitely. enough. Obviously, if it's if it's junk, then that's probably because the one thing I will say, you know, they did make the uh, the, the modular uh, uh, and the big yellow yes. one. And I thought that was mm. absolutely appalling. I mean, it was really mm. just crap, crap synth with yeah. I think it had t something like 10 notes of of repeatable note tracking on an oscillator. So you oh. could just about get 10 notes in tune. And not only that, if you had to tune the oscillators, the scaling was all sort of, it was literally, everything was, you'd touch it and it would be about six semitones. You know, it was it was almost impossible to fine tune anything because it was, all the parameter scaling was just not even thought about on any of the knobs. It was, the whole thing was just very much form over function and it was extremely disappointing because it, it like, looks um, lovely. You should be on a... It sounds like you should be on a psychiatrist's couch reciting this story <laughs> of woe <laughs> Well, so they, did improve, they did improve. They did improve the, the Pom, the Pom four hundred. They? they did like a one one point one version where they sorted out the power supply. They screw threaded the holes so it wasn't like a frustrating nightmare to make, and they sorted out the oscillator so you could actually get sort of five or six octaves out of it. Oh, okay. So they enough. did sort that out. I did a did a video on it a few years ago with the sorted out version. It was a much easier time. Although I got a lot of comments from people going, "This was horrible," and and stuff but it was as i say it was much better it's still not as quite as good as you'd hope it would be is kind yeah, of how it felt they they made it so the rev 2 made it almost acceptable which is not really the yeah. kind of tagline you want for any product is it new version <laughs> almost acceptable yeah yeah <laughs> not really anyway i just thought we'd throw that one in there i know it's a bit of a kind of uh, a sudden a sudden one in fact just going to throw an ad in from uh, our friends over at Isotope. Ah, oh, yes, Isotope RX10. This is, you know, as we, if you work with audio, then this is something you're going to be familiar with or will have heard of. RX10 has new features. We've got text markers, so you can work with transcripts and you can move markers in. Multiple speaker detection on uh, audio, spoken audio. We bring thin audio to life with upgraded spectral recovery. Remove dynamic hums and buzzes with D-Hum. New repair assistant plugin. 
Do what you want with sound. Available in Music Production Suite 6, the smart solution for clear audio. And don't forget the code SONIC10 to save 10% if you uh, do decide to make a purchase. Thank them very much again for their support. While, while, so, uh, what I was going to go to next, I think actually we should go with uh, the, the other big release this week, or the big news, I suppose, because we've been expecting it for so long, but it's never really delivered, is finally here. Let me see if I can uh, find the right button for that, because that would be uh, uh, quite a thing. Yep, UBXA is, well, they say it's shipping but I actually looked at all the stores I could think of and nobody had it in stock, so I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, but nonetheless, it's finished and it is shortly in production, which I think is, you know, it's been around for a long well, time. And it's certainly and taken a long time. Kudos to you guys. You have been super patient, but fear not, the wait is finally over. Are you ready for a new analog revolution? One of the most classic synths ever just got a whole lot more attainable. Introducing the one we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I mean, well, all it's of nice that to stuff. get an like, apology, like, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're now making a they're now making a really. But it's really interesting this because in any other, if it was anybody else, the fact that uh, that. Uh, uh, Uli Berenger kind of started his life off trying to make one of these when he was a kid and it's finally it's finally got there and he's made it it's actually quite a nice little sort of fairy tale story apart from mm. the fact that you know of all the the downsides of of that all but um as I said I think it's going to be it's I think it's going to be about 14.99 US so it actually takes it I mean it's still very affordable for a 16 voice <coughs> poly key poly touch uh, poly after touch synth even though it's essentially taking you know Tom's work and repurposing it but we we've had that discussion and uh, you know there's lots of uh, lots of stuff to think about with there but it makes it more competitive. It make, brings it into line with other synths, so people would have to go, well, actually, it has to have something other than just being really cheap. And, you know, the, their previous range, even the Deep Mind was sort of less than that, but still had a lot to offer. I mean, that's 12 voice. This is 16 voice, poly aftertouch. And I say, I think I've got, it will be judged differently due to its price. Um, I wasn't... Mm. I wasn't hearing an awful lot of sonic variation apart from detuned sawtooth through uh, a low-pass filter on the whole of that demo, if I'm honest, but I'm sure it's capable of much more. Obviously, this is a, a kind of reimagining of the classic OBXA. I'll come to you first, Rich, because the Oberheim, that polysynth was very much in the kind of uh, the, the zeitgeist of US synthesis back then. I mean, it didn't really make it over here until it already got a bit more of a name for itself because it's obviously it was a it was a pricey thing and imports being what they were at the time, they were hard to get hold of in this country. But I, I mean, it's quite it is on it is quite a basic instrument in its raw form. The XA. I mean, we've just got. What's it? Uh, two oscillators, limited number of waveforms, plus essentially it's not even a variable fil state variable filter, or if it is, it's just fixed at uh, uh, low pass. So it's kind of you know, but it's got a classic thing about it. I wonder if it's, I wonder if the merits of remaking something that's sort of sonically quite unflexible. They didn't put effects on this either, which is kind of interesting. They've really gone for the raw, just the basic synth. You know, they haven't put the usual kind of gazillion Clark Technic algorithms like they did in the uh, DeepMind, which actually made it quite an interesting proposition. I just wonder what you think about this anyway. Well, they did put poly aftertouch on it and more yes. voices. So that, yes, that immediately gives some additional appeal for the price. Um, I agree with your assessment that 
those sounds all sounded pretty much very much alike in the demos. I mean, throughout the length of the video, which speaks, and they're not bad sounds. They're wonderful, and I'm very happy that it can do that. But um, it needs to be able to do a whole lot more, and I assume that it will. I don't know that it will, but I assume that it will. Um, it seems like they've gone to a lot of trouble and a lot of time and spent a lot of money in, uh, in developing this thing. It's an interesting kind of answer to the Oberheim product, the X, the 8X, X8, is it? X8? X8, yeah. It works to do all of the old ones in various modeling forms or modeled forms um, and then add some features as well. Also in context is the new G-Force has just released uh, an OBX. Yeah. That uh, sounds incredible. Um and has a wider variety of tones in the in the ship in the shipping version than we heard in this video. But yeah, I, and I suspect that the thing probably behaves substantially like an Oberheim single path should sound. So um, it might be a really really good deal for somebody who wants a poly after touch controller with sixteen voices of Oberheim sounding synth behind it um, that may be fun to operate. And yeah, the fun to operate part is big with me, and I don't see a lot of people stressing it, which is why I like the teenage engineering guys because he clearly enjoyed himself. Um, but everybody will tell you everything about their product, but they won't tell you if it's any fun to use. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> like, and that's really at the bottom line for me. If it's not fun to use, that's great that it does all that stuff, but give me something that is. Um, and I like mm. using. I like picking up a guitar. I like playing the piano. I like operating certain synthesizers. I'm sitting next to my Polybrute, which I haven't spent enough time with. Um, you know, I like the thing, and I like operating the thing. Yeah. And it, you know, I like doing it to make it worth your time doing. So anyway, I hope this thing's fun because it certainly is. Uh, seems to be a lot of features for a reasonable price. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, uh, Wagyu did say in the chat, actually, that uh, it does more stuff than the OBXA, uh, the original letters. They've added things like matri uh, mod matrix and OB8 style page two functions. So just to clear that up, that's kind of, thanks for that, because I haven't yes. had a chance to check it out. And, it, and the original was, was very much a kind of, uh, it was a sort of uh, just, you know, a case that a teenage boy might have made. It was, it was very, and so it's nice that it's sort of come back. Um, in terms it's of the fairy tale, so I'm le less the less than sort of the Oberheim thing, but I like the fact that it's you know it's been on the dream list for uh, Mr. Berenger for a long yeah. time. I'm sort of pleased for him in a way. Maybe it'll make him less of an ass. I don't know. I, we'll have to see. Because <laughs> um, I, I think it'll do well. I think it will do well. I don't know. Uh, Robin, are you? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. You know, as journalists, you know, w full disclosure, we've all got issues. Many of us have issues with the Behringer, the Behringer way of doing things, and you know, just all of that stuff. But it, this sort of, it's, it could be such a feel-good story, and it would be even better if it was, uh, mm. if it was, you know, what we didn't have to put it against all of those other negative things that we've had to put up with as well. I hope it does well, and I hope it works. Mm. But Sixteen voices yeah. by Timbrel, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I think Rich nailed it really. Um, with all his thoughts on that, that that sounds uh, sounds about right. I mean, I've I've got no complaints about it. It's the sort of synth which I wish they'd done straight away. You know, from the beginning, this is the kind of hmm. the kind of thing that someone who's trying to recreate some classic synthesizers. This is the sort of thing one would do. It doesn't have to be miniaturized. It doesn't have to be uh, weirded out. 
um, or surrounded by anything other than the enjoyment of a, of a musical instrument that they've expanded a little bit, made totally reasonably priced. And, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I can't really find any way to fault it, particularly. The lack of effects, I think, is perhaps a shame because we, it's just convenient to slap a reverb mm. or delay or something like that on the end. But I like the idea that it's dual layer, so you can get a little bit more life out of it. I like the fact it's got lots of different vintage modes, so you can nudge it towards how you kind of want to to sound like i guess and also it always surprises me how simple the front panel is i mean i played on mm. the obx8 at synthfest i think it was and it's like oh there's not a whole lot to it really is it well because it's just a relatively straightforward synthesizer and i think they've mm. they've kept to that rather than stuffing it full of lots of extra bells and whistles you know but it's interesting how it's going to sit in your yeah you know, when you go to a uh a gear website where it sits amongst other synthesizers although somebody keeps mentioning that it's going to be more like an 849 street price which is a bit more behringer like i suppose whereas if you're looking at sort of 1200 1300 you're looking at system eights and you're looking at uh xms and possibly even the sequential take five you know it sort of gets up into proper mm -hmm. synth space which i think the facts i mean yeah I, yeah, I mean it's only it's only perceptual, but it does it does give it a certain level of gravitas just because it's more expensive, which is stupid. But that's just how I think we feel about these things. It feels like it has because we we attach a value to it. It therefore feels like it feels fills that value. Does that make sense? Mm. Well, it does, but I mean, there is a lot of synth there. I mean, 16, 16 voices yeah. with poly aftertouch yeah. and a split. I mean, that's a lot of electronics. I mean, there's no getting away from that. And I think that would be, mm. but yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, I know uh, 16 voices of detuned sawtooth. That's that's a lot of um, sure, a lot of sonic space is going to fill up, right? <laughs> that's a lot of trousers shaking detune, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> essentially, um, the the XA, I've got experience with a few Oberheim instruments, actually, either through friends or having played them at one point in time. The XA, although it's got the various kind of filter pole options and stuff like that, it's never sung to me the way that the OBX has. And had Beringer made the OBX, I would have been over like that, like a rash, essentially. Um, the main reason is because Paul Bliss out of the Moody Blues, he did um, a kids a kids TV show in 1986 called Starfleet, and oh, Brian I... May later covered the soundtrack. And he just used the OBX and one of Oberheim's drum machines, can't remember which one, uh, as a system and a sequencer, and did the entire soundtrack on it. So the OBX is just burned in in my memory, you know, as this you were indoctrinated as a child. <laughs> I was in indoctrinated as a child to the to the beauty of the OBX, and you know the XA the XA loses the cross mod, which is you know what I'm all about weird cross mod on synths, you know. I think I'm all about I think this. I think this does have yes. this has cross mod. I believe. I don't think it's a pure. Does it? I don't think it's a, but but it does. I'm surprised it doesn't have a, 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 a state variable filter. I thought that would be something that would make more sense um, with that many voices because you can thin them out. Has a it bit just got the two button. two pole slash four pole? Yeah, from what I can tell. Okay, I, I maybe yeah. I haven't had a chance to study it fully, but I think so. Yeah. 
I think I think really like sequential has by putting different bits together. I'd like to see Beringer take on, you know, use these circuits and put them in a little bit of a weirder synth for me. Is that a fair comment? Mm. Because it's a little bit yeah. straight down the middle of the road for me. I've got the OB6, which on its surface is a very, very straight forward synth, you know. But but when you get under one level and start using the cross mod, which goes to weird places like pulse width. And um, so you can audio rate the pulse width. You can audio rate all the filters or the filter morph, you know. Um, that's when I start get ex- um, getting excited. I've got kind of almost uh, been spoiled by modular and euro rack a little bit, and I, I want yeah. to audio rate modulate everything. So yeah, well, I would enough. like Beringer to take on something a bit weirder, maybe the expander, because that's been you know my um, my uh, uh, signature on on Gearspace forums is expander beans. Um, and I didn't buy one because I was concerned about the upkeep of such a yeah, complex well. computer digital, half digital control with a VFD display which could die. But if Beringer took took on the expander, I would really, really, you know, it'd be an insta buy for me because I just love all those filter types and the the FM and stuff like that. Um, and you know, um, there's a great demo Alex Ball did of the expander that would just knock your socks off. It'll make you go, Whoa. So yeah, I want them to do that next. And, and uh, my last, my last comment on this synth is nice and weighty, obviously in my headphones, real nice and weighty punch to it. So I think it will do the kind of synth wave slash level 42 go west cover band market <laughs> both of those markets it'll do them very well and that's excellent. my thought nice I, I would just like to point out we have an excellent pun in from uh cheapo card company paul weller in the jam always sounded like a cross mod to me uh the, bing there we go just had to put that one in there um yeah, I think it'll be interesting, and uh, hopefully leads to more stuff. I mean, uh, in a way, I suppose the whole oh, you know Berenger Oberheim thing has already been sorted out. You know, the, the 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 legalities have been dealt with, so I'm assuming it's all fine and nobody can get upset about it, and it's okay. Uh, but again, there's a, there's this sort of element in the way that Berenger operate, which is see, you can make something like this for under five grand. You know, there will be a certain amount of that, and that, you know, fair play to them if they have managed to do that. So that's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder what keybed they're using. Poly Aftertouch keybed is. Uh, I wonder if they're making their own or if they bought one in. Be interesting to see. So, I was considering actually um, maybe buying one uh, to review and then selling it on. But I think I'll wait and see what the second-hand price is and the street price is before I actually do that. Uh, but we'll see. Um, okay, right. Uh, let's see what else have we got. There? Oh yeah, this one is a good one. This. Um, because uh, we've, talk- we've talked a little bit about modular. I know, Rich, this might not be right up your street, but it's a beautiful engineering idea, Hello. I think. this is In this commission demonstration, I want to show you a truly unique modular case system, which aims to solve a fundamental problem with all Eurorack cases. And also, we'll explore some of the fantastically strange possibilities it provides. Jabdol. Excellent. This is uh, Myla Melodies who did uh, a thing on the Sinusoda, the, the can. Uh, it's, 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 
on the look of it, it just looks like a bunch of plastic you bolt together. But in many ways, you know, the, 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 the inherent structure and the rigidity comes from the modules you put in. So that's not really such a big deal. That side thing is a really cool idea. The way that you can kind of basically build the case. There's a little one-use strip on the top, uh, which also works. There's just a lot of features there, which, considering how much modular cases cost, I mean, admittedly, this isn't a road-ready thing, which, you you know, you, you clamp up and stick in your, your carry-on, but you I'm sure you can build it in some way uh, it's not too bad 74 quid for uh, 74 euros for the can light with, uh, and with power accessories uh starting at 74 it goes up to 152 which is for a modular case is actually really not very expensive at all i'm sure you'll be able mm. to uh test it. have you had a chance to look at this robin because it's a great looking system i have look, i haven't modular, I only... modular case <laughs> yeah i only noticed it because mylar was doing a video on something else and I was watching it going, what is that case he's got there? That's strange. He was doing something on delays or something. So I didn't actually get to see the video on the actual case, but I then did have a look around um, at this thing afterwards. Uh, yeah, very interesting. But I mean, if you, you know, any case for 150 quid powered is not too bad as it goes. It's a way in. And simply because you can, you can build on it relatively easily is a good, is a, is a good thing. Kinda. I mean, I, I would say that the minds of most modular people don't necessarily lend themselves towards the same thing over and over. It tends to, at least in my experience, go towards scatter. So I'm going to have a, a, a nice wooden edge case. Oh, I'm going to have a metal case. Oh, I'm going to have one made out of plastic over here. I'm going to have a huge bank of ones over here. So the idea of, of having a single format that you then build upon that's the same... Um, is I don't think for everybody. I don't think it wouldn't yeah. work for me. I'm too much going on to. I want another thing that's now L shaped and it's got bits hanging off it. But I like the idea of going around the size. I mean, one of the things, one of the problems you have at, at live performance is people not being able to see your rig. And so I've always liked the idea of a cuboid type Eurorack case, so you can walk around it and do different things on the side, so people can can gather around and see it from all angles. So having stuff mm. going down the side is really interesting just because just because it is because that's like there's no reason to do that that's sensible so let's do something a little bit strange and different so i like that i like the the fact that you could potentially build it into other cases as well that was my other thought yeah because uh you know i've got things like uh, oh i'm forever trying to build a eurac case into something like this i've got like three or four of these <laughs> different sizes knocking around and it's the sort of thing that you could drop into something a little bit more interesting to carry it around in and so it becomes a bit more versatile that way so yeah always fascinated by people's ability to re-engineer um the eurac case because it's something which is a is a moving target there's no there's no standard there's no proper way of doing it so that means we get lots of creativity in that kind of space yeah, no, very true. Uh, actually, Milo did a really cool thing where he, he built a sort of L shape. So there was almost like a box that he could put his dig attack in the middle of. So you can kind of create these right, unusual... Yeah. So, you know, you have an offset and put one there, and then you've got space for something else to sit in. It's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the idea of modularity, I mean, you know, we use it all the time in studio furniture and, you know, racking and desktop business. In fact, the, Rich, interestingly, the biggest story of last week was a story about desktop 
synth stands on Sunday. I mean, you know, you, you not not like Ableton Live 12 or you know, Death Stop Synth. So there's a hunger for this sort of thing, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. I thought this looked like a great product, actually, because of the modularity, the fact that the entry level is not high, that their pitch. I watched, I didn't watch Mylar's video. I watched the video for the manufacturer of the actual casing. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, they did tease a foldable one. So uh, they are obviously looking at the possibility of making them roadworthy, whether these are or not. Um, they seem to be looking at that sort of market as well. Um, this looks like a really interesting product to me. <clears throat> as you know, I don't actually have anything to put in one, but uh, if I were going to look for something to put in them, and the idea that they're modular and you can grow with your system as your system grows, and you can get them in different sizes and shapes, and yeah, you can stick stuff around the sides. That's cool. And uh, they, they are promising you there's enough power to power anything you want to put in there. And it just feels like they've got the right mindset for how to market this thing to people who want to start out in this world and don't quite know where to go because this gives you options that apparently so i like the idea and i thought yeah there was it's interesting paul isn't it because the uh you know you 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 never know what size to start with you know it's like do i buy one that's got a load of space in it because then it'll make me what's that then it'll make me a rack brute. That's <laughs> yes. me. The ever, the never ending, <laughs> the never ending. Uh, yes, the, the reusable uh, meme I was, that works for. I was totally heart set on getting a rack brute noir, noir. Right. Because you know it looks cool, and I want, I want um, this euro rack behind me is all kind of like aluminium. It's mainly dupfer, with a bit of you yeah. know mutable and stuff. I wanted. You know, because I'm a, a shallow vein person, I wanted a black Eurorack, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, but that actually, that kind of, um, that kind of uh, led me down certain modules, you know, and uh, certain pathways. Um, and I was, I've been honing this beautiful modular grid 6U rack brick for like <laughs> weeks. Just, you know, delicately placing modules. Oh, I want a bit of this here. I want a bit of this here, you know, at the possibilities. Um, and then this this comes out. And this actually is kind of how my brain works. Um, I really love it that I could start with. I'd probably maybe get the four pack to start, um, uh, which has 6U104 which I can kind of manage because this is, oh, sorry, this is 6U-104. So I know what I'm dealing with. And then maybe uh, build up, build up from that, you know, and maybe they'll do some kind of wall mounting kit at some point or something. Like oh, that's that, a thought. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But um, yeah, I absolutely love this. I love the modules around the side coolness. And I love, this is a new, this is another show title contender i love that the sides are ribbed for your pleasure <laughs> i'm not going to use uh... that but fair enough <laughs> <laughs> because because it's a quite a nice design quirk and you can actually use yeah. um you can actually use a, a an exacto knife to cut them down to 
as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do the There's side, lots of stuff you can do bits. with that. I'm not going to use that, Nick said resolutely. <laughs> well, you know, that, there's that, that. Yeah, but I, I take I, that great pun. I must say, yeah, this it does look good, doesn't it? I do like, I do like the look of this. Uh, if I had, I mean, it's got a bit of a vintage we have, look. Almost. I've got a tiny, I've got a tiny little dofa um, case that just about fits the. Uh, the uh, mutable clouds, uh, fulsome clouds that, that I got for the 500th episode. Uh, still still thank everybody for putting that together with the custom faceplate and one other unit. Then I've got a bigger, you know, it's just... And the other thing I've got is uh, some of the um, uh, Create Audio. The Create Audio Nifty Keys, I think, is a, another good case. But it's it's traditional. You know, it's not it's not as flexible in any way as this sort of thing. But this thing looks just looks like it would appeal to a lot of people who want to build something specific. Because you could also build a case around it, you know, a wooden case that would fit around it. All sorts of things that you could do. I like the idea of maybe putting the ins and outs on the side and the power switch and all of that stuff. Just, to, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, Sinusoda, uh, definitely worth checking out that. Um, I'm guessing they're shipping, and it looks like the sort of thing that they could have almost started by 3D printing. You know, I'm 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 pretty sure they're not doing mm. that now because it's got embedded kind of uh, uh, nuts and 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 uh, screw points and all that sort of thing. But it does look pretty cool. Yeah, nice. I'm just going to throw an ad in from uh, our friends over at Isotope. Ah, oh, yes, Isotope RX10. This is you know as we. If you work with audio, then this is something you're going to be familiar with or will have heard of. RX10 has new features. We've got text markers, so you can work with transcripts and you can move markers in. Multiple speaker detection on uh, audio, spoken audio. We bring thin audio to life with upgraded spectral recovery. Remove dynamic hums and buzzes with D-hum. New repair assistant plugin. Do what you want with sound. Available in Music Production Suite 6. A smart solution for clear audio. And don't forget the code SONIC10 to save 10% if you uh, do decide to make a purchase. Thanks them very much again for their support. Glad we got that in. Right, um, let's see, what should we go to next? Ah, uh, gosh. Um, well, there's, I mean, another, this is actually very much in the same mould as almost the first topic, which is the uh, PolyN Play Plus, which I will play. This is um, a new... I guess, I'm not sure if it's just firmware or if it's a hardware update as well. The PolyN Play, which is, again, this sort of notion of tracker, it sort of seems to be all the rage these days. It actually looks quite a lot like a deluge to me, but it's now they've got additional synths, uh, stereo uh, samples, so, uh, engines and sequencing. There's a lot to be said for this kind of approach to music making when it's all so... so self-contained and compact. In fact, I don't know if you remember the EMOM, uh, John Birch did basically a full set on the uh, Polyend Tracker, which is not as fully featured as this by any stretch, and it was really good. <laughs> really, and it sounded great, so I'm hoping this has got the same thing, but this looks pretty cool. I, I'm afraid I didn't make any notes about how much it cost, but I don't think it's a terribly high amount of money. I thought I'd put there, I think it's 899 or 799, Robin might know. Um, it's an interesting new thing. I mean, the Polyend stuff is lovely. Uh, generally, Robin, I think um, I really like the clackiness of the buttons. If that's not sort of a, a wrong, a, a wrong way of thinking, but uh, the play, no, not at okay. all. I don't know. It, how, yeah, yeah. The interaction is everything. I think. Uh, I think there's some. Uh, I haven't really caught the whole wind, as it were. But there's a, a bit of disgruntledness. Disgruntledness. I don't know what that means. There's a bit of. Um, 
and happiness around this. Do you, you know what I'm getting at? Um, yeah. In that it feels to a lot of current users, or at least the noisier ones on Twitter and that kind of thing, that um, that Polyend have, have released like what the play should have been two years later. And it kind of annoys all those who bought into it the first time around, who then complained about the mono samples and complained about the lack of synths and bits and pieces. And so Polyend then release a new version with all of the things that were missing from the first. And I mean, wow. that's, that's just product development ultimately, but I can understand how some people are a bit peeved by that. But on the other hand, they have a trade-in um, process where you can send ah, your old okay. one in to get a new one at a at a lower price. I believe. I mean, I'm only going from uh, things I may have read on the internet, so it's difficult to to confirm these things. But it so it it has an interesting a little bit of baggage with it, I think. But otherwise, Polyend stuff is is top class most of the time. As you talk about the clackiness of the keys and bits, it's a it's a sorted piece of hardware that feels really mm. nice to use. Um, and I think everything that they've done is the right things to do. I guess in some ways they perhaps m should have changed it a bit more to make it a little bit more discernibly different um, rather than just the internals a bit more, I don't know, it feels Cosmetic like change, yeah, to make, yeah, okay. yeah, something just to just to make it a completely different product. But hey, we got the thing that we should have had, but we've got it now, which is nice, and that's a a, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I don't know, Rich. Have you said there's a, quite a lot of Polyem products, and most of them sort of geared around this idea of sort of long form step sequencing and control and CV. And they, they're a smart bunch of people. I remember when they first started mm. out, they had those sort of robotic. Uh, solenoid things that you could just create these sort of enormous self-playing percussive you know i mean very similar in a way to that stuff that you used to see with pat metheny where it's sort of solenoid based sort of mechanical kind of mm. instrument play they've got a, they built a lot of stuff they very quickly they've been very productive i don't know if you ever actually had a chance to hear that they do sound good their a to d's are pretty good in them as well oh i think time for a drink <clears throat> me <laughs> i did spend a bunch of time uh with this video on this instrument and um i think it's a really interesting product and i think it looks like it would be a really good use uh good thing to have in live performance because it really looks like the way you can interact with it is pretty comprehensive and you can do a lot of musical things with the kind of grid arrangements that they've set up for the different engines inside of it. There are some limitations that bugged me a little bit. Um, the fact that you can only have in, in one song arrangement, which contains multiple cells of other things, you're stuck basically with the same three synthesizers throughout from section to section, no matter what. It's just that right. you've, you select three synthesizers and those are the ones you're using for this song. And uh, so you can't change them by pattern or you can't change them by song section or however they're subdividing that particular arrangement issue they yeah, apparently you've got that the other thing is it's just unbelievably menu intensive diving intensive i mean everything seems to be just dug into that little tiny menu screen and um on the fun to use scale that starts to challenge me uh when i see an instrument that's so deeply based in menu diving and that's what this thing appears to be now yes there are macro button there are macro knobs on the front panel that you can map to certain things yeah. that you want to 
musically expressive and all of that. But just the basic construction of a voice just looks to me like pushing rocks uphill. And um, that doesn't really appeal to me. But the thing sounded great and looked like it would be fun to use in live performance. So that's my mixed yeah. review. So I think that's understandable. I think that's what John did actually with the Pullian Tracker is he wrote the song and did it all and then figured out how to fit it into the the device so that it could be used to perform live. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, whether the creative... Uh, I've just been finding out actually you can buy it. It's uh, listed at 699 And also I think it said there that it's... Uh, there's an upgrade for 399 euros. Uh, uh, so there must be... Mm. Uh, more hardware in there, I'd guess, uh, Paulie. You know, it's not just a sort of software sure. insert because that would be a bit of a poor move if they if that was the case. I don't think that is the case. Yeah. So I was looking at the specs because you know I never love a little bit of um, in depth algorithm exploration to see what these new yep. synths are. I liked the um, the the look of the WTFM um engine which looks like a kind of simplified fm thing using wavetables uh so that i imagine you're going to get different harmonics and things like that by the wavetables you use um and my brain from what i'd remembered of the play and from my short times with the medusa you know the medusa poly mm. did a bit of work on that didn't they the sequencing great, yeah. part of it and I, my, my brain just kind of was thinking about the possibilities because I believe you can have all sorts of things mapped to each individual button. So uh, your sample selection, uh, the pitch offset of it, etc. And I'm thinking with these new synth engines, you could probably map quite a lot to, you know these these individual yeah. things and then you know come up with some really unique stuff uh very moving you know tumbly um interesting stuff kind of the way electron lets you spin knobs and parameter lock them but just with a more kind of grid based ui so that that kind of excited me really i wouldn't mind having a go on one of these and, and seeing, you know, I like to, to get instruments by manufacturers and try and make them go down avenues they're not supposed to, you know. Let's see how far we can push this this uh, Wavetable FM oscillator, you know, kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's quite an exciting instrument, but I've got no skin in the game, you know, I don't, I've, as I said, I've used the Medusa a bit, I haven't used the original play, so I'm not going to be of the mindset, oh, this should have been delivered from, from the beginning, yeah, I'm just kind of quite excited to see, to see, you know, what people do with it, because it's definitely an ideas machine. Um, yeah, I would say I so. Think. I'm just looking yeah. here, there's a bit more information. Uh, it's got uh, 14 stereo tracks over USB audio, which is kind of a bit of... It's like some of that Roland wow. Boutique stuff where you can access yeah. every single stereo. That That's kind of cool. Stereo expansion. Uh, that looks like quite a big uh, a big deal. So you could run it directly into your D. I, 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 it's a bit hard to read some of that stuff. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be kind of an interesting thing. And it seems to be, you know, this 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 notion of... I quite like the fact that we've now got uh, um, 
lots of choice when it comes to dedicated hardware kind of music creation and more than just an idea you know you can actually use it for 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 full you know full band or f- full song realization i suppose uh, to a point and that's something that we haven't had maybe to set to, to the same degree i mean we've got the ap the mpcs we've got the the push three we've got these guys we've got uh you know the deluge there's a whole bunch of sort of newer and it's de- it's all grid based obviously which is kind of still so the paradigm is there. I think we're maybe we're heading for another parad- another shift, you know, like we have with uh, plugins, where people figure out how to do something and then everybody uses it. We might find another way that uh, that big grid of buttons can be used for UI interaction that we haven't thought of yet. Because I know that uh, you know it's like the uh, the circuit. I really like the way that sometimes you'd press it and it would display the the BPM or whatever. You know, it's like oh, that's a great yeah. idea. What a clever use of okay, it's like a pixel art to a degree, but there's there's a lot more pixels to play with on something like this. So I think we'll see as yeah. the firmware grows on all of these types of things, we'll see some <laughs> really unique and interesting UI stuff. Or I'm hoping so anyway. I'd like okay, to see motorized I, I, rows and columns. So if you've got uh, well, grid, so t- I'd, like, I'd be able to see those. They can shift, so you could do like microtonal <laughs> stuff because the, the the buttons physically shift a little bit that way, or a little bit in the columns, or you could hit randomize and then your notes are all over the place. So it's no longer a, a grid; it's more of a a, a forest of enlightenment. Shape. You know? Wow. Yes. Okay. Indeed, that's, that's, that's the way that, forward. That, that's or that mysterious voice, Robin. Yeah, there's that material that that forms physical objects. You know, as it as you apply electrical. <laughs> or am I thinking of Batman or something? I don't know, it doesn't yeah, matter. maybe. But there's, you know, <laughs> get there. I've seen in a, I've seen in a sci-fi movie, right, that you have this stuff and you apply electrical charges and it creates all sorts of different shapes. Maybe that's the that's the way forward for sequencing <laughs> hardware sequencing. You know what? I heard it rich. I think. I think, Rich, we've we've covered something about this. This idea that there was a there was a, a, a UI that would actually form um, into buttons and, and and sort of you know touchable I surface it too. based. I, I'm sure we did it. I, I, I have to go back and have a look. I mean, I would never remember what it is, but you know, maybe one day. I mean, I imagine it wears out pretty quick. It's like fixotropic kind of memory foam with an uh, an input or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I am going to jelly might be the, interesting. Je- jelly. A jelly, jelly with yeah. UI. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's sort of roly, isn't it? That's kind of what roly is, except it's <laughs> yeah, fixed. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> there we go. Rich has already got the jelly, cur- the jelly surface. Jelly right here. <laughs> I tell you what, I also have. I've got the uh, Osmos here, Rich. So if you're in the in the vicinity uh, at some point, you have to come and have a play with that because it's quite an interesting I would like machine. To have a play on those, yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to uh, wrap things up because I'm hoping to get to the Christmas market for residents of Bath uh, today, uh, which oh, starts right. at 5.30 and it's now 10 past five. So I may not finish the oh, podcast. Dear. So I'm going to wrap things up. But uh, rather than uh, I'm much as I'd love us to carry on chatting, there's always stuff that we could talk about. But thank you, folks, for joining us. Rich, you're around for a little while longer. Have you got any other work on or are you just kind of enjoying a bit of downtime up to the Christmas period? I've got various things I'm working on here, but uh, yeah, for myself. But um, so, and I will do a little more traveling at the end of this month. So I'll be loosely around for a little while. Hopefully, I can do another one or two of these. Great, that would be awesome. Excellent. Well, yeah, lovely to see true. you as ever, Rich. And uh, Robin, I guess you're uh, heading back to uh, maybe into the big house to warm up a little bit, or have you got? Have you just uh, going to fire up the uh, fire up the jet heater and warm your knees? 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna limp back and put the tea on. I imagine that'll be the the way forward from now. That'll be hug the cooker done for enough a bit. today. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, um, you've got um, have you got a when's your monthly? Is it at the beginning or the end of the month? I can't remember what, what day. Where it it's drops. the end when's of the month. Next? I've got a sort of yeah, I've got to sort of squeeze that in because it's. The, the end of the month is like Wednesday, isn't it? Thursday? So the, I can't remember. Anyway, I've got to squeeze it in after the weekend. So that's that's always yeah. my plan. Got Monday penciled for it. So you might see it sometime Tuesday after the upload. So and of course, um, on that. Synth East is now in full effect. Yes. New days, new everything. Yes. So that looks like it's going to be an exciting thing. Synth, synth East. Is it syntheast.com or uk? I should have the link here. So, but uh, It is dot, yeah, dot com, syntheast.com. Uh, it's an yeah. interesting time, actually, just to, to, to throw in that I'm do I'm big into Norwich just at the moment. So the week leading up to Synth East, I'm running a, a modular synthesis uh, workshop at the Norwich Science Fair, and then the week oh. after, I seem to be running um, a Norfolk County music performance event, <laughs> electronic okay. music night. So it's very wow. exciting. Well, I, and since East, of course, is in Norwich. Robin for Vincent for mayor, possibly next year. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Well, lovely to have you, Robin, and thank you very much for joining us. And, of course, Paulie Bow, uh, who will probably yes. be going back to finish your soundtrack work, no doubt, or all the various projects definitely. you've got on the go. Yeah, actually, um, we, we got the workflow sorted this week, so... It's quite, it's quite interesting. I'll just briefly mention it. They send me all of the uh, video files and the DaVinci Resolve file. Uh, mm. I save it to my SSD. It's many, many gigabytes. I do my edits and I just send like a two megabyte project file back because it's kept all the references to the, the big files, the movies. Uh, so essentially my audio mix is referencing the same files. And they can just bump it into their into their Mac nice. and and jobs are good, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've had an idea to at my um, at my day center where I work every year. I put on some Christmas carols for the service users. You know, a bit of Christmas cheer. Yeah. So I'm thinking we'll put. I'm probably gonna live in December, early December, live stream with my glamorous friend uh, assistant um live stream or rehearsal of that and we could just have a nice oh, okay. uh, christmas sing-along i think that'd be oh, nice oh that sounds lovely lovely bit of cheer. i feel so like you have you got have December. you got a harmonium have, you've got a harmonium in there like pedal organ anywhere that can uh, t join in the join in the band or is it uh it's not unfortunately portable, not but i've got an amazing it's not on the polybrew i've got an amazing uh recreation of the patch on wonderful christmas time by Paul McCartney, ah, so that will that will be a highlight. <laughs> don't forget the sleigh. Don't forget the sleigh bells. That does it every time as well. Bells. Yeah. Well, folks, lovely Amazing. to see you, and thanks everybody in the chats for watching. Thanks Wagyu for moderating, and I see you've been a little busy today. So thank you for for dealing with all of that. Uh, we will see you all at the next show. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye bye now.